The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga, certified financial planners and partners of Seattle-based wealth management firm, Empirical Wealth Management. This show is designed to teach you prudent techniques in managing your wealth through financial planning and investment strategies. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. How's it going? It's going great. Did you have a nice uh, Christmas holiday, whatever? I did. I had a couple extra days off and had a nice time with the family. Good, good. The family unit? Yeah. The kids get anything exciting for Christmas? They they did pretty well this year, I think. Yeah, you're not really sure what they got. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I know. <laughs> I think I know what they got. I, I oh, just, right. you know, how how enthusiastic they were about it. I think they were happy. They they looked pretty happy. I tell you that. You're you're not always uh, monitoring those levels. It's hard to hard to say, but I think they, I think they did pretty well, and uh, we had a very nice time. Um, did you get anything nice? Would you? I did. I uh, I got numerous things, uh, most of them small. But one thing I did get was a, uh, well, you're going to like this, a juicer. A juicer? My old, ju- my old juicer broke about, I don't know, six months ago. Yeah. So I haven't juiced in long, quite a while. I juice with the best of them. And they got a new juicer. Because remember, I said, why don't you just eat the fruit? Yeah, yeah. Why all the juicing? Right, exactly. I guess if you ate a lot of the fruit and veggies, then you'd, you'd be okay. But if it means that you don't eat them, I guess that's a problem. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I'd love to have one. You'll have to let me know how it works, and maybe you can um, make some juice blends and bring them in for the show. I might be willing to share. Okay, cool. Well, today we want to talk about uh, a lot of things, actually. We're we're getting toward, to the end of the year. Today's, what, the 20, 28th today? Yeah, it's the last time. show of the year. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Last show. So we thought uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little more of this next week, a kind of a review of 2010, we thought we could, um, since we only have a couple more trading days, we'd kind of talk a little bit about the asset classes that we utilize to build our client portfolios and uh, what the returns were like in these different asset classes over the year and a little bit about why we diversify across the different asset classes. 
I thought we'd talk, we're, we're writing a paper right now for our quarterly communication about alternative investments um, going through the downturn of the market. And every time we see a market downturn, uh, Wall Street propagates a lot of product that uh, uh, proposes to, um, you know, the ever proposes to provide solutions to the quest for higher returns with no risk, you know. So mm-hmm. we want to talk about some of these alternative investments out there and the way that a person should approach the, the decision to allocate two or not two different alternatives, and we'll define that a little. And, Ethan, I, I know we want to talk a little bit about financial planning. There's some news out on um, Social Security uh, strategy that, that you've talked about on our program and with clients, uh, paying it off and uh, paying off Social Security um, and and taking benefits later. And what you're going to tell us a little bit about the news on that? Yeah, quick snippet you on better, that. Okay. And then um, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about an interesting little article I was reading about 401ks around America and how they're still concentrated, um, as I was flipping through Forbes magazine, in um, in stocks and give you a little advice on how to approach your 401k as you're looking into the new year. Mm-hmm. Before we do all of that, Ethan, I don't know how we we cram in. I'm not sure we can do it. It's 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 um, so much good information in one show. <laughs> and we're not even charging for this program, Ethan. That's, what? No. Are you kidding? No. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that makes it even pretty, better. Deal. It's pretty exciting. All right. Before we do all that, why don't you tell our listeners, whether they be professional, uh, professional advisors or individual investors out there trying to make where's that where's that siren coming from um do you guys hear that is it one of your sound effects no no anyway why don't you to give them our contact information wow that is pretty loud <laughs> it's loud there must be a situation nearby here give them our contact information tell them a little bit about how we can help. all right we're pretty high up. I mean, we're on the 17th floor of a downtown Seattle building, and you wouldn't expect it to be that loud here. Uh, at any rate, uh, as Ken was mentioning, our con- we can be reached at contact at empiradio.com. And our number right here in the office in downtown Seattle is 800-923-4307. And as we have in the past, if you're just an individual investor and you'd like to have uh, one of us in the office review your portfolio, we'd be happy to do that for you. We'd love to give you some specific investment advice as to what we're doing with your investments and how to structure things. Um, again, we can be reached at 800-923-4307. And as always, if you're a professional ad- uh, advisor, you're in the position of giving uh, advice as uh, uh, for a living and you're looking to perhaps make a change, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Um, we're looking to partner up with uh, experienced, credentialed individuals who really just want to focus on delivering the, the, the best advice possible to their clients, and we would love to provide you the infrastructure uh, to do that. So we'd love to hear from you. 800-923-4307. You know, Ethan, we were talking about the papers. On our on our firm website, there's a section called Resources and uh, and Research Materials, I think it is. Simon, do you know, remember what it is? Uh, you can go to our website at EmpiricalFS, that's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S, Frank Sam, uh, dot com, and you pull down any of the, we've written several papers on a lot of different topics. Um, I think if not there now, we will put um, a list of recommended reading materials as well. 
so you can visit our website. We're, we're going to uh, make never-ending improvements to the site and resources. Um, so the archive of the radio shows you can pull off of Voice America. You can go to uh, empiradio.com, I believe, and link into the archive there as well. Mm-hmm. All righty then, Ethan. Um, oh, righty then. I just said that. Uh, oh, righty then. Okay, uh, let's talk about... <laughs> One of us has had too much caffeine today. I'm not sure who it is. <laughs> let's talk about um, something important here. And uh, I know Social Security <laughs> All right. um, is, a, is a very, very uh, key topic for a lot of people. Sure. So what did you... What's the news? You said there's some, there's some uh, late-breaking news on Social Security. That's right. I, I just found out a couple of days ago. Um, I was I was skimming the news. Okay. Uh, in, in the past, up until recently, there's been this. Um, I think we talked about it in the show before, and it's something we talk about with clients uh, when, when appropriate. Um, there's this program, sort of a loophole, if you will, for Social Security. You can you can f- start benefits, let's say at age 62, and then some time goes by, maybe you reach age 70. The Social Security Administration allows you to terminate your benefits and then refile uh, and then start receiving payments again at, as if you had always firstly started uh, at age 70 if you just pay back what you received over the, the preceding eight years. It can be any, any amount of time, so you could do it at age 66. It's like if you started at, say, say, 62, you could do it at age 66 or later or whenever. But the point is, if you just pay back your benefits, basically you can refile and restart the benefits. And what would be the what was the benefit of that? Well, the, the nice thing is that a you didn't pay anything for it in doing it because you, there's no, virtually an interest-free loan going on for the period of time you received benefits. Um, so that's kind of a good deal. But then what also was kind of neat um, is that it, since their benefits reset, let's say at age seventy, um, if you refiled at that time, you would be getting a new inflation-adjusted amount. So you'd be getting a higher amount that would then adjust for inflation for the rest of your life. And clearly, the older you are, the more likely you are to live longer, right? Yeah. And so, the, okay. So there's some, some of that going on as well, but it's a pretty, it was a pretty, well, a very good deal. Um, and apparently that becomes a, a, a popular thing here in the last year or two that the Social Security, Social Security Administration decided to end that program altogether, um, at least to the extent that they've had it in the past. So if you're one of those people who are planning on refiling for Social Security at some point in the future, you, you, you can no longer do so unless you're within 12. What was that for? <laughs> Sorry. I, um, All right. I think it was Simon. Right. I, yeah. So anyway, if you were a... Exactly. So they, they, they I just took it away, huh? Pretty much. Uh, they basically allow now... You have to... They still give you the option to do it. However, you can only do it one time, and it has to be within 12 months of the time you, you first filed. So if you're 62, you have until one year later to really determine if you want to keep the benefits you started back at age 62. And there was a payback period still, right? I mean, if you had been receiving benefits from 62 to, say, 70 as an example, and now you're paying it off, yeah, you're coming out of pocket with your own money um, in 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 return for the opportunity to receive a higher payment for the next X many years, and hopefully the higher payment you would recoup. Right? Yes, exactly. And then there'd be a positive uh, right kickback of a payback period that you had to survive to to, to for that deal to work out. Clearly correct. Um, better now that's gone. Clearly because it 
it was working to the individual's benefit. Otherwise, the Social Security Administration wouldn't have removed that option if they were if they were making money on the deal. Yeah, they were not. Um, so you had been advising individuals in a case by case basis on this, making them aware of that. Hey, this yeah. is what you can do. And my typical advice is, if you're you're of average health it's probably better to wait to postpone benefits anyways. But if you've already made the decision, let's say a client came to us after they've already made the decision to take Social Security, well, I go, hey, this is an option for you then. If you, we at least can consider this if you have money in a non-IRA you know, say non -IRA account. So taking that a step further down, this, this other opportunity, you have a year now to make change your mind, I guess. Yep. You have been writing things and talking with clients about the notion of um, considering, strongly considering deferring your Social Security benefits. Um, you know, we could talk just a, a moment on that. Sure. Um, we've got a, about a minute or so here before mm -hmm. the end of this segment. But is how would you how would somebody frame that that decision? The decision to postpone benefits. Yeah. Um, What's in, on your mind there? My, in my mind, economically speaking, if you're again a person of average health, um, it's probably to your benefit to postpone it as long as possible because likely you'll live long enough to reap the benefits. That's yeah. what the, the, the consensus basically is. So I think someone's personal health condition would, would, would weigh in on this. Certainly. Emails are flooding in already, Ethan. <laughs> if you, if you are <laughs> it's a, a hot topic. If you're a person who's, who's below average health, then yeah, certainly you, you, you probably would not want to postpone because you probably wouldn't live long enough to benefit from it. Okay. But of course so that's don't. something to think about. Yeah, but only, only you and your doctor, I guess, can really come up with that. Well, and I think it's something you would certainly want to talk to a financial planner about. Um, no what, question about yeah. that. If you don't have an advisor, I mean, we we offer hourly planning or package planning. Yeah, um, it's worth getting a hold of someone who understands uh, how to run the calculations. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are some tools on the Social Security uh, Administration webpage with some paybacks and things, but you might want to have somebody give you some advice on this as well because it does make a difference um, over the course of your lifetime. We've got to take a quick break. We've got so much more to talk about as we're wrapping up 2010 here. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. 
the incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. If you want to reach us here at the firm... Our number is 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. And I encourage you to call if you have any questions about your personal finances, investments, financial planning decisions. Um, Love to, if you're willing to come on to the air with us, we'd love to answer your question on the program. You can email myself, Ken Smith, at ksmith at empiricalfs.com. Or Ethan, what's your email address down here at the local operation HQ? It is, it's ebroga at empiricalfs.com. All right. Should I get my cell phone number too? And well, if you're willing to divulge that information <laughs> uh, with the beard, my direct you line might maybe. have a lot of ladies calling you. <laughs> a lot of positive feedback coming in on on the beard you got going there. That's very nice. Not for me personally, but. Um, I've heard some ladies in the hall. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Simon, I told you to keep these people out. <laughs> We're trying to record here. You probably could turn down the thing that produces those sound effects. Uh, so what sound effects? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, you have I'm to not helping a, with the illusion. Everything here, dude. <laughs> um, okay. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so, all right, where were we? Let's regroup. Sure. Let's try to. I think we were going to talk about next about some of the investment uh, okay. returns, right? Yep. We we just talked about the Social Security news. Now we're going to talk a little bit about a year. We're going to review the year year to date. Uh, we've got a couple more days here in the market, so when we get through that next week, I, I say we'll go through this again. Um, you know, this is a, always interesting after going through the difficult 2000, starting in 2007, 2008, to the bottom of the market all the way in March of 2009. I talked about going on to our website, Ethan, and pulling down some of the papers that we wrote. And our advice, you know, as we reached the bottom of the market, consistently was the same, and it was you had to stay the course. You know, you, maybe you, you you didn't get an allocation, or if you're out there doing it on your own, you made some some bad decisions, but it's never a bad time to to engage in a prudent strategy in a globally diversified, cost-efficient, and appropriately balanced portfolio for your particular time horizon and situation. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, we worked on uh, with our clients, keeping them on the course. And the equity components of our portfolio, uh, the globally diversified models that we do, um, are up. Uh, over 100% from that March 9th bottom to now. Um, so let's take a look at, at some of the asset classes because we're big believers in structured asset class investing. Mm-hmm. And for us, Ethan, that means we're we're not just owning um, one particular part of the market. We're owning a lot of different parts. But the way we're dividing up the market is in the most relevant way, the most um, at least scientifically based way of dividing up the market. So... We, I'll just go through some of the returns of some of the mutual funds um, that we track. Dimensional Fund Advisors has uh, various no-load institutional funds um, that do a very good job of tracking the asset classes that we want to capture in mm-hmm. our client portfolio. So year-to-date, thus far, the number one performing um, equity asset class was U.S. microcap and um, was up... As so far, 2010, 32.81%. Um, that's pretty pretty amazing. Um, that's, that's on fire. Um, for for a one year return coming out of a, a market when you know a lot of people were throwing in the towel on equities. Yeah. Um, and particularly during the downturn, some of the small cap in other areas got hammered pretty hard. You know, even uh, is the S and P just for comparison sakes on here as well yeah the the just the large cap fund tracking the s&p was is currently up uh somewhere around i'll just pull it up here i think it's nine to ten percent um let me get down to the large u.s here u.s large company um i'm sorry 15 percent year to date right which is i was thinking of the large developed international yeah portfolio uh, was up 8.32. Now, another thing about the way we invest, and I was saying that we break our investments into these uh, unique asset classes that are viable asset classes. There, you know, the research, the science has shown that the way you should be dividing up your equity portfolios, in large part, between large companies, small companies, value companies, and growth companies. Those are the kind of the, the prism that you should be looking through. When you're deciding on either how should I be dividing up, and so we have different models that have different weightings, 
to these different asset classes, small companies and value companies have historically afforded higher rates of return. The trade-off is they've, they've been riskier in a lot of cases, um, more volatile on a year-to-year basis. Small companies are more aggressive, for example, so there's a risk there. The magic is when you start mixing these all together, what happens? Um, because they're not perfectly correlated. Mm-hmm. And uh, remind me to come back on that correlation. I was listening to a, another investor radio show mm-hmm. where the talk show host who's been doing this for years um, was trying to explain correlation, but he didn't. I don't believe he quite understood what it really means. I want to make sure that we were clear about that. Um, and why we diversify, why you, even investments that have reasonably high correlations, why you would still include them um, or diversify. Mm-hmm. So any other comments before we go through the rest of some more of these asset classes? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. Well, second, and I, my point was that we tend to, in all our portfolios, we tend to have a weighting towards small and towards value in our portfolios. And we call that the small and value premium. Um, well, we didn't. We didn't coin that phrase, but that's what typically the academics who that's why we do this research. Yeah, we're trying to capture those premiums. In some particular years, like last year, you saw that small premium emerge. But in one-year cycles, it doesn't happen every year. Small might beat large. Uh, I think historically, it's sixty percent of the individual years. But it's when you get out longer, and when you get to a forty-year period, it's virtually been 100% of the, the U.S. Uh, stock market periods that you can create in small as, as, as outperform large companies. Mm-hmm. So um, this year, you see both the small and the, uh, a bit of a value premium emerge. And secondly, was small cap, diversified uh, the DFA small cap portfolio, was up almost 32%, 31.93. Um, their small value strategy is up 31.88%. So pretty high correlation in this particular year. We've seen years where there's been a pretty large spread between those three funds, micro cap, small, and small value. Mm-hmm. This year, it's between 32.8 to 31.8. Pretty tight. Pretty tight, yeah. yeah. this year. You don't expect that every year, though. So there was a small and a, and a, and a bit of a value premium there. Then you've got um, real estate, the diversified uh, U.S. REITs. We're up 27.95 year-to-date. It's another asset class that we employ and include in our models. Wow, you said real estate was up how much? 27.95%. Almost 30% for the year? You that's better su- believe that's surprising. That is, and that's interesting because home prices obviously have not recovered. In fact, they've still still deteriorated, right, over the last year. And even the most recent data shows they dropped again last month. That's right. Residential real estate prices fell. That's, a, that's a surprising. That, and that's one of the reasons why we, we incorporate REITs versus, and we, we don't, we distinguish between your home and real estate investment trusts or REITs for that very reason, because they're not the same types of things. They're different types of investments. Well, the news out today was that uh, single family homes declined again. Yeah. Um, and now the talk was, um, will they continue to decline? Will there be uh, a double dip in the real estate market? Um, now, REITs have gotten hammered pretty hard when the when the market declined. No question about um, it. So part of this Part of these returns on some of these asset classes can simply be rebounds um, from being in very low depressed prices. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's the case here, but there is a, a de- the point that you're making, which is a greater point, is there is a detachment in what we're writing in our article uh, on alternative investments, 
we're defining those as investments outside of basic traditional stocks and bonds. We include REITs as kind of an alternative because they're a little bit of a different breed, a unique asset class. And one of the points that, w- that we make that's documented empirically in the research is that um, you know, sing- single-family housing prices are not a proxy for the entire real estate market. Right. Um, and so REITs have their own unique value uh, in diversification and being included in publicly traded stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. So we do include them. And um, there's, you know, a bit of a, a bull market there. <laughs> this last year. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, next we have uh, emerging markets small cap the strategy up uh, 27%, following right behind the REITs, the U.S. REITs. You have emerging markets small cap. And then you've got uh, global REITs, um, which is a combination of, of U.S. and international. Um, their global REIT portfolio is up 22.54 year-to-date. Uh, we use another fund that we, we kind of separate out the U.S. REITs from the international REITs, mm-hmm. which are the real estate uh, funds that we're utilizing. That was an innovation that, in, that we've been able to gain access to these international real estate market. Over the last couple of years, we couldn't pinpoint that in a structured asset class fund, which we prefer to use. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to utilize and to get access previously to those markets. You would have had to trust uh, a traditional kind of stock picking, active <laughs> management approach, which we don't, <laughs> we won't engage in, due to the. the hey, Ken, it looks points. like we're coming up on the break here pretty oh, soon. Oh no, we're bumping up on a hard break. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. We'll go back through, uh, come back and go over a few more of these asset classes. Sounds really good. We'll be right back. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. 
We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages, so tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga, your humble hosts helping you make smarter financial decisions and get to where you want to go financially. All right, where were we? Let's get back into the mix. This this is great information. And uh, I think there's there's some insights. This music is, uh, it's it's intense. I like it. It's lengthy this time. No, it's going on. Um. So we were going through some of the top performing asset classes year to date, kind of a review of 2010, right? In a nutshell, and for those of you who gave up on equities during the decline, um, was not a good not a good idea. Um, however, your ideas, Ethan, about rebalancing and staying disciplined paid off paid off big time. Yeah, I mean, if you have a strategy that uh, you know is is very diversified. And you have the right allocation. There is no reason to panic, even in when we hit, hit tough times like two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. I mean, if you're if you're diversified enough, you can be confident that the equities you purchased um, are not going to be going to zero, right? And if you bought in quality bonds like you should, you shouldn't have to worry about a diversified portfolio of bonds either. I mean, sure, it won't feel great going down to the downturn, no question about that. But sticking with it has time and time again proven itself to be the best strategy. Overwhelming uh, historical uh, record on that. It's never not worked out. No. But yet we panic every time. I mean, we see people panic every single time. Yeah, I mean, um, no question. Because the future is always is inherently unknown. I get that part. And yeah. That's probably why. I mean, tomorrow is not the same as today, right? But yeah, when it comes to this type of thing, I think it's better to stick with a, a, a prudent approach and a disciplined approach. Now, we've been going through um, the returns year to date just to re-clarify uh we're using live funds we're using dimensional funds or dfa funds they're a mutual fund company very unique background grounded in uh, founded by um academics still have a very large influence by academics from eugene fama from the university of chicago ken 
French at Dartmouth. Um, we've had an opportunity to interview mm-hmm. some of these guys. Uh, we had we had uh, Roger Ibbotson, who sits on their board. Um, from Ibs- Ibbot was originally founded Ibbotson Associates with the stock bonds and bills and inflation charts advisors. Usually had him. He sits on the board of Dimensional Fund. Mm-hmm. Very interesting fund company, and we're we're using them. We incorporate some of their funds into our client portfolios, and we're, I'm going through these because they're very good proxies for what was going on in those asset classes mm-hmm. uh, to let us know if we want to know what microcap did. We said it's, it was the number so far year-to-date here. When I sort by year-to-date returns, almost 33%, one of the higher-performing equity asset classes. Uh, they've got a good fund that, that really lets us know what's going on in the microcap area. Right. Diversified, that fund I think owns somewhere close to 1,800 stocks, positions in it. I think that's right. Um, and I think that's another statement, a very powerful statement, that to harness these phenomenal returns of the market when they do uh, arise, you don't need to be highly concentrated in a very small number of stocks. Um, you know, we've seen years, well, from the bottom, the 12-month period after that, um, those some of those emerging market funds were up, what, 80%? Yes, that's 60, right. 70, 80%, depending on which one you were in. So... We're always advocating diversified strategies, uh, whether you're using an advisor like us, which we recommend you do, or trying to do it out there on your own. You should be One thing should be in common between those two portfolios, very diversified, and the real value and importance on all this Nobel Prize-winning research over the last 40 or 50 years is you should be putting most the most emphasis on how you're constructing and what asset classes you are putting into that portfolio not wasting your time on which individual stocks you're buying. Right. Huge waste of time relative to the value and the importance of the asset classes you'd be using and focusing on diversified funds. Yep, and that's mostly, I think, in, in, in a sense, because you don't have a lot of control over the outcome of any particular equity performance, right? You, you can, if you pick a stock and you're betting all, the, all your money in one stock, you really don't know what the outcome's going to be. I mean, you have, there's a wide variety of return expectations there, right? The range of returns is enormous. That's right. Uh, but as you build a diversified portfolio, that range of expected outcomes becomes narrower and narrower, and therefore more reliable. I like your style, Ethan. Of course you do. As usual. <laughs> well, we were leaving off. I think we were down to global real estate, which turned in uh, so far this year, 22.5% return. Mm-hmm. Um, emerging, uh, um, emerging markets... Um, as a group, uh, let's see, I'm scared. Um, we'll get back to that. U.S. large value, the DFA U.S. large value portfolio up 19.7%. So we said the S&P 500, which is kind of a blend index. Right. Large company U.S. did about 15. So we, what we've seen this year is there was a value and a small cap premium. Yep. Uh, fortunately for us and our portfolios, because we wait towards both of those, it's going to be a good year for us relative to the S&P 500 index right. in our U.S. components. That's exactly right. Um, but we don't do it for a one-year time horizon. We know there's going to be plenty of years where that where those premiums don't emerge in short periods. Of time. Right. We just know that the odds in any in many one year, it certainly is in our favor. That's why we do it. Yeah. If it was the opposite, we, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You know, you have any more comments on the one-year returns, Ken? Um, just a couple, okay. couple quick things because I think it's interesting. The emerging markets value and emerging markets diversified um, large cap, both were around 19%, a little bit over. Uh, 
It's interesting because we were saying emerging markets, um, small, did 27%. So we diversify across the, it's really, I think it's unique among advisors and also individual client portfolios that you see out there. We own emerging markets, large cap, emerging markets value, and small. And it's interesting to see the, the spread between those returns, even though they're in the same asset class, same countries for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's important to see. And that goes to, I wanted to talk about correlation, and uh, we'll talk about a little bit what you said about the individual stock risk. There's an article mm-hmm. in Forbes there about the 401k, but um, before you get to the longer-term returns here, um, then you got your international value at 9.49% for the year, and uh, large-cap diversified international at 832 so there was a value premium in the, in the developed international um, this year. International didn't do as good as U.S., the right. developed. So that's interesting. Yep. Um, a lot of people were down on the U.S. During, as we were going through the crisis. And some people I met didn't want to have any U.S. So it's uh, interesting that this year it dominated over the developed international markets. Yeah, that's right. Um, you just can't go with your, your gut instincts as hard as it is to um, go against your emotional insights. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember having conversations back in uh, basically a year ago from today about, hey, I think we should be, you know, we got we got to sell U.S. stocks or lighten up on U.S. stocks just because the, all the news of the day was saying, well, the dollar is going to decline and the European markets will do much better and, you know, we should be in those more heavily than we were in the U.S. And, you know, we don't place bets like that. We don't, there's no, there's no way to know if that's going to be right or wrong in terms of the outcome. So we don't place bets with it. You better believe it. And we get, get into um, their five-year government portfolio just to kind of have a proxy of government bonds. 4.06% so return to date. For the year to date? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You made a point that yield doesn't always t- turn into be uh, the return even in the bond scenario. Yeah, the very short-term treasuries, right, this year, um, the yields have been extremely low, uh, around a half percent if I'm quite correct on average probably. Um, but the returns have been okay because the prices have increased. So the return is a function of the price appreciation and the dividend received. And over this year, it's been reasonably good. The inflation protected uh, bonds 6.43 on the DFA strategy. Hmm. Okay, uh, that's about it. That kind of sums it up. I mean, gives you a general idea of what was going on all around the world in equities and a little bit on the bond side year to date. Positive all the way around. Yeah. I got real quick. I wanted to, you talked about the one year returns. I was just look, flipping through the the ten year returns now in some of these portfolios, and um, looking uh, the last pen, ten years ending November, the uh, the top asset class at least that DFA has exposure to here was the emerging markets value portfolio. For the last ten years, on average, twenty percent per year. Yeah, that's an amazing uh, statistic. The emerging market small cap portfolio. 19% per year for the last 10 years. And then the more common um, emerging markets portfolio, which is focusing on large companies among the emerging markets, at 15% per year. So clearly a big winner for the, for the, for the emerging markets over the course of the last 10 years for that decade. And we, you know, we've had an allocation. I think the important thing to – the purpose of us talking about this is not to have you run out and buy a bunch of emerging markets. If, if anything, that would be the last thing I'd be telling you to do right now. Um, we've had an allocation to it in our portfolios for 10 years. No question. Um, and we've made some adjustments to that, but not in a dramatic fashion. You know, we're, we're all of a sudden we're putting someone in 100% emerging markets. The point is there's a lot of talk about how poor the re- equity returns have been over the last decade. Right. Um, well, 
you know, now it'll be 11 years or whatever if we count the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in the last 10 years, you know, which takes us back through 2001. And the point of it is, is there were great asset classes. I mean, you can look at these emerging markets, look at the certain international components, look at REITs. REITs did over 10% a year. That's right. Right? From Amazing. now, according to this, 10.72. That's right. Um, so there's a lot of different asset classes that we've had exposure to where our global portfolios have done very well, very in line with long-term historic expectations of equity returns. And all you had to do was be disciplined and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, once you did that, um, you, you were okay. You didn't have to do a bunch of rotating and jostling of your portfolio around. So the, the bigger picture idea here is that you should not use this as, hey, I should be loading up on the ones that have done la- better, but that you should be building a portfolio that includes all of these asset classes. Right. And then systematic rebalancing and discipline around it. Right. And that's what I was saying earlier about the, the, oh, the narrowing we, we, of returns here. Yeah. Oh, we're done with this segment? We've got to so. take a break. We'll be right back and uh, finish up with our last segment and try to get as much of our these juicy little nuggets in as we can. All right. Be right back. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to the show. This is Empirical Investing Radio, as you're well aware, and we are talking about uh, re- investment returns in 2010. Ethan, we were covering some of the, from top to bottom, uh, some of the equity asset classes, and then you you jumped into uh, the 10-year numbers, and the phenomenal returns in a what's referred to as a very poor death decade for equities, um, the phenomenal returns in many of the global asset classes that we utilize in our client portfolios. Yeah, and, and my real point, I think, was that's the real <clears throat> crux of diversification. You get diversification by including all types of different asset classes. And you'll talk more about this in a little bit. But And how I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, you, the point of it is that you want to have a narrowing of return expectations. So if you're all in one thing, you're going to get the returns uh, you know, subject to that at asset class. So right. if you're in the S&P, you're going to get 100% S&P returns. And over the last decade, that hasn't been very good. And um, there's a good reason to believe that by diversification, adding unique asset classes into your portfolio for the long term, you'll have smoother, again, a narrower band of expected returns, which is good. And we were using, um, we were going through some of the dimensional fund advisors, DFA, mutual funds or no-load institutional funds available through approved advisors only, so you can't buy them directly out on the retail market, at least at this point in mo- most platforms. Mm-hmm. And we utilize them for some of our client accounts. Um Interesting. One of the you just randomly pulled up one of the uh, emerging market funds, the DFA Emerging Markets Value Fund, that has done phenomenally well in the last ten years, and it's in the according to Morningstar data, it's the top one percent of emerging markets funds out there. Um, I would venture to say, I mean, that was a, over the last five years, it's been the top one percent. Um, Two thousand nine, that fund was up over ninety percent. Um, the rebound from the market bottom was phenomenal, and you were commenting how about investors were saying, geez, if the market drops 50%, it's got to go back up 100 What's the likelihood of that ever happening? And then it happens. Yeah, in like a uh, year. Yeah. It wasn't even like I had to wait 10 years to get it. So uh, we were talking also about the commonalities in some of these funds, why we like them. Um, one is the expense ratios comparative to the nearest counterparts in the market. Um, these funds are very good, which is a key element. They're extremely diversified. I mean, there's a fund that in the top 1%. Um, it's just crushed all the active manage, uh, all the uh, competitors that are out there trying to beat it through um, non-scientific methods of, of timing and stock picking, some of the traditional stuff, and yeah, just the, crushed the, the them. dart throwing, as you like to say, the chimpanzee, right? Exactly, and it's just crushed these guys, and um, it's done at owning an extremely large quantity of, of stocks. That's exactly right. We love that stuff. And those are the types of investments we'll put in our clients' portfolios um, all day long over over some unproven strategy. No so, doubt. moving right along, we were talking. This is all interrelated. These issues, uh, while complex, are interrelated. Ethan uh, and I was saying, hey, I was I was driving down the road listening to another financial show from time to time. I like to tune in and see what's going on out there. And this. Uh, advisor you know he's written some books and stuff and i don't know if he's an advisor but he does a show and uh, he was talking about correlation and um 
he was explaining it in a way that I that I kind of had to take note because he was saying, well, if, 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 you know, you when you diversify, you want the lowest correlation asset class possible to mix with your if if U.S. large companies is your kind of starting portfolio, you want the lowest possible correlation um, to that when the with the asset classes. And he was spotting off a couple of the correlations which we have, and we certainly use. Um, and he was saying something with a correlation of 0.77. Um, he said something to the effect of, well, then you're, that's a high correlation. One would be a perfect correlation in statistical terms. And he, the way he explained it was, well, you're, you're not getting um, 77 per, 77% of the time, you're not getting the value of diversification then. And he couldn't be further from the truth. He uh, clearly didn't understand himself how correlation works or what what it really means. And so I thought, well, maybe we should clarify that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a mathematical genius um, on our analyst team here, Steve, uh, who's a chartered financial analyst, but also um, had a degree in... Uh, Computational mathematical yeah. sciences. So I talked to him a little bit about it, too, just to verify, and we were both kind of talking about this. But the idea being that the measure of the degree of um, correlation, it runs from negative one to a positive one. Mm-hmm. And it it has... Uh, you know these ranges are arbitrary. They, they, it could be from negative ten to positive ten. It it's just a way of having some uh, measure of how strong these two two variables are and what their relationship is. So if it had a zero correlation, it just means that there is no relationship between if one's doing behaving in one way, whether it's going up or down, the other asset or the other variable really just has no. There's no relationship between those two. Um, so you can't explain it in that way. We say, well, if it was 0. 0.77, 77% of the time, it's you're not getting diversification. That's that's not how it works. It just means it measures the strength between those two variables. And it doesn't measure it in, hey, if one goes up 10%, the other one goes up exactly in t- at 10, 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just measuring the strength in which those two are, are variables are related. So if one might be going up, if the other one has a co- correlation of one, it's probably also going up to some degree. Right. Very strong. You know, if you have yeah. if you have one two stocks, one and one of them has a, a 0. 0.77 <laughs> correlation to the other, but the other one goes Excuse out of, goes out of business. Is the other one going to go out of business? Right. Well, no, it's not. Right. It's they're different. They're independent. And diversification benefits, while it is important to understand correlation, um, Diversification benefits are, are still exist whether or not it's it's a low or a high number. There's still a benefit there. Right, and so you want to you want to understand the correlation. You just don't want to make decisions completely based on that number alone. Right. Um, there are other reasons, and you also need to understand the risk characteristics when you're correlating different things. It's not it's not reasonable to say, and, it, and this is what this radio show host was doing. Uh, it was uh, Ray <coughs> Lucia or something like that on the um, the show. But what he was he was he was went on to talk about how tips and REITs are you know they both potentially inf- uh, are hedges for inflation. But he liked real estate, for example, better. And I kind of laughed at that. And one of the things he talked about was a correlation between REITs. Um, now we we were already talking about in the show how we have REITs and we think they're a great diversifier. In the paper we're writing, um, we've always we've had them for a long time in mm-hmm. the portfolio. They're not good substitutes for treasuries, for treasury bonds. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's not an apples to do. apples kind of scenario. You wouldn't go, well, the correlation on um, this very risky asset class is 
much is lower than um, uh, the non-risk, the less risky assets, CDs, for example, maybe, or corporate bonds. You, you really need to understand what you're doing, your allocation to risky and non-risky. There's a way to, if you have a group of risky assets, mixing them together uh, in a way we're using correlation to reduce the, the volatility is a good thing. Um, but it's not necessarily a substitute to having the right mix of stocks or treasury bond to treasury bonds as an example. Right. Ethan, there was so much more I want to I wanted to talk about. We're running we're out of time for the show. Well, already. So, if you want to give us a call, we'll we'll pick up on this uh um retirement 401k thing in Forbes I wanted to talk about, but we'll do that next week. Give us a call at 1-800-923-4307 or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. We'd love to if you're an individual, we'd love to help you look over your portfolio. Um, if you want to engage us in fee-only planning or if you want to talk to us about managing your portfolio, give us a call. We'd love to do that. And if you're an advisor, talk to us as well. We'll tune in next week. Have a great week and a happy New Year's. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.